Hello and welcome to the download. I'm your host, Dave Richardson, and I am joined by Head of Canadian Equities at Phillips Hager and North Investin Investments, Scott Lizakowski. Scott, welcome back. Hey, Dave. Thanks for having me. You, uh, you, you all caffeinated for, uh, for the podcast this morning? Pretty good. Pretty good. Looking forward for the, uh, the, second, the second shot. I've, I've had my early morning cup and I'm ready for round two. So that'll be next. Scott comes to us from Vancouver, so we've got him up extra early this morning. Uh, but uh, we're, we're early in this next economic cycle, too. Uh, and, and, and we've seen some really nice, uh, really nice performance out of the Canadian market. Uh, we're coming through, through earnings season. What are you looking at, Scott, and what are you thinking about uh, when, 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 you're, when you're putting things all together around Canada specifically? Yeah, it's been a busy couple of weeks. We've had, you know, most of the, most of the companies in the TSX have reported their, their quarter and uh, we have, you know, the banks are still to report. They report at the end of this month, but um, we, we, it's been a busy couple of weeks. Um, what we've seen, and this has, you know, been echoed, you know, in, in other markets as well, but you know, there's a lot of companies that are beating the the expectations, the estimates um, uh, that the analysts have laid out in their their earnings reports. I think we've seen over 60% of the Canadian companies have beat analyst estimates, and uh, a couple things sort of fall out from that uh, that we've seen, which is which is you know not that surprising, but it's not really that uh, normal from a historical perspective. So as a result of the earnings beats, the analysts, not surprisingly, have increased their earnings estimates for, for Q1. Most companies have reported their fourth quarter. And, and, and then, of course, the analysts are taking their numbers up for the next quarter, which would be Q1. Um, that, that, those numbers have gone up by you know, roughly 10%. And then what's, what's really interesting is that the analysts are then taking up their, their entire numbers for, for this year, for 2021. And that, those numbers have gone up by about 8.5%, um, which, is, which is sort of the biggest analyst estimate revision uh, in, in kind of over 20 years. And it's very different than the normal pattern um, that we, we typically see. And, you know, the listeners may have seen these charts before, but typically analysts start the year really high with their estimates. And then as the year progresses and reality comes to, uh, to comes into the fold, those estimates actually revise lower. So the typical seasonal pattern that we see around this time of year in the first quarter is that estimates actually come down on average by about 5%. But this year we're seeing analysts actually take their numbers up um, and by close to, uh, you know, by, by eight and a half percent. So a pretty wide divergence from what we have typically seen uh, for this time of year on the analyst front. Yeah, and, and, and Scott, we were, we were just talking be, be, before we, uh, we, we started taping. And, and I guess what's unusual is, is, is at a lot of points in the market, um, companies report earnings, uh, they have blowout quarters, they beat the earnings expectations by a lot, and you see the stocks pop. With all of these good numbers being reported, it's kind of the market reaction has kind of been ah, okay, yeah, great, and it just you just don't see that 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 big strong jump right off of earnings. Is is that in any way is that telling us something when we see that start to happen? Yeah, you, you bring up a really good point. You know, the 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 companies may be beating the analyst estimates. 
but are they beating the market's expectations uh, for the earnings? And, and the muted share price response would tell you no. Um, so even though the analysts then are forced to revise their estimates higher for the full year, um, you know, the stocks really aren't reacting. There have been some positive reactions. There's been some negative reactions as well. But on average, I'd say the stocks are, are not reacting as, 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 as much as you would think with these big, the, these big beats. So that sort of tells us a couple things. You know, we, we've made a, a huge advancements in the recovery in, in the market and recovery in the economy. I mean, if we were having this uh, recording session a year ago and we would lay out the current conditions, uh, we would have said no way. And so we're, we're much further down the road in terms of, of a recovery, but the expectations are, are pretty high. You know, when we do our bottom up work, um, you know, uh, we've talked about this in the past. We're very, you know, heavily dependent on sort of thinking about scenarios. We really can't predict the future. So we think about scenarios and, and sort of when you tie that together with the dynamics around the, the, you know, the earnings reports and the uh, analyst revisions and, and the share price reactions, it sort of tells us that the stocks are discounting a, a base case scenario, which is, which is pretty good. It's a it's a, an economic recovery that we think is quite reasonable and achievable. But in order to sort of generate returns and continue this pace of of return, we need to start discounting, and the market needs to start believing in a you know a more bullish scenario, um, which is not that inconceivable given that we're you know the the type of recovery we're in. But we need to start bringing that forward. And and for Canada, you know, you have to think about to put in context you know, TSX is up 15% year to date. That's quite the clip for uh, middle of May. Um, you know, that's that's two solid years of returns in, in, in just a few months. So in order to sort of continue that pace, we need to start bringing forward a much more robust scenario. In Canada, that would mean, you know, a, 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 an accelerated uh, upside scenario and bank earnings recovery, which, which we may be well on the path. We'll find out another clue in a couple of weeks when they report. Um, in the commodity front, I think we'd need to see um, a much more robust commodity price scenario being discounted in the share prices. So that would be north of $60 oil discounted sort of long term. We're there on spot price, but we're not really there from a, a long term discounting perspective. Copper prices in this sort of the $4 range being discounted forever, which, you know, realistically where we are today, it's not inconceivable, but that's a scenario that the market needs to really bring forward in order to keep this this really strong level of, of return uh, going for the Canadian market. And, and I, I, I think one other thing we should, uh, we should point out here, Scott, is the, for, from, because this is, this is a podcast for Canadian investors, uh, is the impact that currencies had, particularly for Canadian investors investing south of the border in the United States. Of course, great companies in the United States. A lot of Canadians like to go and, and invest in the U.S. Uh, and the U.S. market has been, very, very strong. But currency has had a real impact this year because the Canadian dollar is up about, what, about 10% uh, in the last uh, six, eight months uh, versus the, uh, the, the U.S. dollar. So, so Can the Canadian market has done in a Canadian dollar, from a Canadian dollar perspective, likely better than most Canadians recognize. Is that not true? Yeah, like if you think about, you know, we often you know, quote terms either in, in U.S. dollars, just to, just to sort of compare everything. But when you think about in Canadian dollars, so I, I said the TSX, TSX is up 15% year to date. That would actually be in U.S. dollars. That's what's on my Bloomberg in front of me. But in Canadian dollars, it's up about 10% year to date. 
you know, the S&P 500 in Canadian dollars is only up four. And the NASDAQ actually in Canadian dollars is down on the year. And, you know, that really is going to toy and, and play tricks with some of the recency bias that's sort of embedded and, and sort of uh, that we've we've come to understand that the Canadian market has been a lagging market. So that there could be some interesting uh, outcomes, I think, when clients look at their statements that, uh, you know, you, either U.S. investments in Canadian dollars or even U.S. investments inside of Canadian portfolios being translated back into U.S. dollars. So it'll be a, a, an in, interesting uh, couple months as the statements start to roll in. Yeah, and, and and if the scenario continues to play out the way it's it's been playing out, uh, it's 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 a pretty favorable scenario for the Canadian dollar. So currency is just just pointing out uh, currency really tough to predict, particularly in the in the short term. Uh, but it is something you you need to be aware of as you're uh, as you're investing not just in Canada but uh, investing outside of Canada. So Scott, great uh, great stuff this morning. Uh, go get your uh, go get your second coffee. And then we'll uh, we'll do a retape of this, and you'll be extra sharp. Great, <laughs> great. thanks, Dave. So, thanks for having me on. No, I think that was that was great, and uh, and thanks. We'll see you back in a couple of weeks. And uh, for everyone, uh, all the best. Uh, take a look at that uh, that Canadian portfolio. Uh, you'll likely have some pleasant surprises. Thanks, Dave.